Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Clean Comedy Podcast with your host, James Creviston. Hey, everybody. It's James. Welcome to the Clean Comedy Podcast. Today, we have a comedian that actually is one of the first comedians to inspire me when I started comedy. I found his first album by accident. Um, it was about him being a dad. I was a new dad. It really caught me off guard and really like helped me get through some things and figure out how to be a better dad because apparently he's good at it. I'm not. And then he gets he, but he has his ups and downs. That's life. But please welcome the very talented, the very funny, the best. I, I'm going to say you're the best dad in the world. I don't know if it's true. You're better than me, but, but the very talented Don Friesen. <laughs> All right. I didn't realize we were in a competition. I would <laughs> I'm guessing you have like world's yeah. Just because I had you out in the swimsuit portion doesn't mean I'm a better dad overall. <laughs> do, you, do you have one of those uh, world's greatest dad mugs somewhere? I'm guessing you do. I you know I I used to have a joke. Um, you know uh, I don't want to brag or nothing, but I'm the world's greatest dad, and I got all the hats and the t-shirts and the mugs to prove it. So I don't know who else was up for it, but sorry, man, I get it every year. <laughs> That's awesome. You are one of the i mean one of the best comedians that i've ever seen perform i've seen you perform three times um every time is always amazing you're just overall awesome how how do you do it like how do you keep that up for all this time wow i don't know (laughs) (laughs) uh you know i I think i think the counterpoint would be my uh my wife or my my recently (laughs) ex-wife so so i love that you're saying how awesome i am because that balances it all out like okay so between you two let's settle in the middle somewhere um i don't you know i i love being a dad i always have um is that the the thrust of your podcast is that a lot of it or is um it's about being a dad no not really i mean i talk about being a dad because that's what i do that's what i am that's what a lot of my stand-up also has has turned into as i've grown um and being married and that kind of stuff. So it's very similar to what you do because I'm not going to lie. You were a big inspiration for when I would hear your stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what's going to be like to be a dad. I'm going to have to like hide things for my wife and play video games with my kids and like do like all these things. I was like, this is great. I, I can't wait to be a dad, you know? And, and yeah. a lot of that is true. Like my daughters though, 
and I watch like WWF together, WWE together. Uh, and so uh, it's one of those things. And when my oldest daughter was younger, we would watch UFC together and we would have UFC fighters at my house. So a lot of what you went through and what you talk about in your stand up, I experienced and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, so funny. Well, I'm, I'm glad you can relate to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I lo- I've always loved being a dad. I mean, I always, I always dreaded the day when they would uh, move out, but I guess that uh, that's not coming. It's, I guess I was dreading for nothing because they're not going anywhere anytime soon. That's good though. Cause it's going to give you more material, right? Cause all of your material that I've ever seen is everyday problems and right. then family issues within those everyday problems. You know, right. you're losing your password, trying to forgetting to take out the trash when your wife told you to do like all these kind of things. It's just yeah. that stuff that we all deal with. And is that, when you start a stand up, is that where you want to start? Is those everyday issues type things, or like what do you start with? Um, no, I just uh, once I kind of figured out who I was uh, on stage, then I I kind of gravitated towards just um, just just satirizing my life, if you will. Okay. Um, you know, just showing my it's a very when Modern Family came out, I was like, well, that's you know, that's my life, right? There. <laughs> Kind of, you know, I mean, the, their sense of humor was very much like mine. And the Phil Dunphy character, I'm like, oh, my God, that's there's never been a character on TV who's been more me right. than that guy, you know. So, um, yeah. So I just kind of gravitated towards, um, you know, the stuff that I find funny every day. I just write it down and then I try it out. And people tend to, you know, you always wonder, is that is that just me or is it like that's this is what I'm going through. And then you. You get out there and you tell it and it's the stuff, you know, it's basic stuff, but in from the angles that you never hear. And then you put it out there and you realize, wow, a lot of people are going through this and feeling the same way and they just haven't articulated it. So Yeah, no, that's, ex- that's exactly right. I mean, like I said, that's why your comedy spoke to me because I was like, oh, he gets like, he's gone through this stuff. And now it's not only funny, but it's almost like, semi-advice of like this is what i did wrong so don't do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) learn from my mistakes yeah so (laughs) what you now i know you won the uh, was the san francisco comedy fest twice in a row back to back like how how did you do that because that's amazing well it wasn't back to back a lot of people think that but i wanted i took i came back a couple years later and did it okay but um yeah, no, it was um, it was uh, one of those um, month. It's a, like a month long competition, so it's like very. I mean, if you keep advancing, it takes three out of four full weeks out of your life. So um, I wasn't ever planning on coming back, and and the uh, the the guy who books the competition had a fallout about four or five years after I had won it, and um, asked me if I had any recommendations. And I went through, I had a couple of good ones, I thought, but um, it was too last minute and nobody was available. Oh, and then I thought, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm actually open. I, I had just pegged out a couple of, uh, I had pegged out two weeks, just earmarked them for doing showcase sets, right? which I rarely do. I'm not very good at short sets. I always, you know, do the longer, like long form. And uh and i had lined up a couple of things in la but they were they were not so great you know they were like hmm, mediocre and they were one day on one day off and then i was like well if i did the competition and just treat it like a chance to work on my showcase then i would have 
I wouldn't have to even worry about where I was going. There'd be a great set lineup for me every night. And I could do this for one week or two weeks if I advance. And so I was like, well, if, you know, there's no rules about going back after winning. I'll, I'll just do it. Just, he said, sure. So, <laughs> yeah. So I went back and I started doing my set and rather than before when I did it, I was just a ball of nerves and trying to like, what do the judges want? What do the crowds want? How do I fit in? I was just like, I was just so loose. I was like, I'm not planning on going anywhere in this competition. I just want to do my short set. Um, for And I think maybe it was just the fact that I wasn't stressed. Um, maybe loosen up because, or maybe the set was just like really good, ready, you know. But um, I just kept winning like every night. It was like, it was, it, that never happened in the other competition. It was always a dog fight. And this one was like seemingly easy. So I, I don't know. I, may, I think the lack of stress is what is what what worked for me but um i kept going and then i ended up getting to the finals and uh i was supposed to be on a cruise ship and i called up my agents and said you know i hate to cancel a cruise especially on short notice but i got a chance to win this san francisco i like my chances here nobody's ever won it twice you know yeah. can i get out of this week and so they were you know they were uh reluctantly i'd never canceled on them before so they were like okay We'll we'll figure it. We'll sort it out with the cruise company. So nice. I went back and did it and won. It was it was the weirdest thing. That's awesome. That's the thing is you are very relaxed on stage. Every time I've seen you, it's like a lot of comedians, especially. Well, I'll, I'll go from my personal experience. I am stressed to the moment I get on stage. So when I get on stage, I get the first laugh, then I kind of relax. But you right. seem relaxed the whole time. Like nothing's gonna bother you. Like you're like, yeah, it's it's all good we're here to have fun who cares you know everything and right. i'm like how how, do, how how do you do that alcohol <laughs> uh you know i used to be a ball of nerves i was very uh i had stage fright and i was stressed out but i think just like you know it's the malcolm gladwell thing of doing it ten thousand times and and uh i think i was so it was such a problem for me that I focused on like, how do I, you know, just relax, just don't worry. Uh, don't worry if the first, I'm not even a good opening uh, comedian. Like I don't have a solid opening joke. I couldn't tell you right now, oh. my opening, I do something different every night. Um, if I had one, I would use it, but I have <laughs> never been able to come up with the one, that, excuse me, one that lasts for very long, you know? Right. Uh, and so I don't come out strong usually. Um, so the way I compensate for that is, uh, I just, I just know that I have a strong act and they're going to catch up to me and they'll like me once they get to, you know, so even if it, so I, I don't put the pressure on myself to get big laughs in the beginning. Sometimes it does happen just organically. Right. They love everything you say right from the get go, but sometimes I'll just, you know, almost eat it for a minute or two. Um, but if you, if you're not expecting the laughs, if you yeah. if you know that they're going to come and you have confidence and you're just relaxed anyways, yeah. then then they come to you, you know, if you have the right material. I, I never thought about that. Like, cause I'm so, I've been so focused on like, you know, you hear the thing, like you got to get a laugh in the first 30 seconds type thing. And so like that part automatically stresses me out where if that happens, I, I am like, oh my gosh. And I even have an opening joke that's really good that right. always gets laughs, but the the lead into it, like the first half of the joke is a good minute or so 
of setting up everything to get the big punchlines at the end. And I've had right. bookers and other people say, you need to cut that joke. It's too long. You're not getting a laugh right away, but it's the, like, it always hits. It always explodes. It always gets good laughs. They hate it. I, I Bookers hate it. People yeah. love it. It's so weird. Well, it's a that is a long time to get your first laugh. Um, I'd say it's about a minute, maybe, maybe less, yeah. but somewhere in yeah. that range. It's, yeah. Well, if, you, if you're going to wait that long to get your first laugh, then you have to, figure out how to just own it and be confident yeah leading up to it yeah that's that um, makes i guess that's what makes me not confident about it is because so many bookers have said well there's there's a small laugh in the beginning and then like there's like that little gap of like no laughter because it's a big setup i have to set up like this commercial i have to tell you what the commercial is so you understand when i parody that commercial why it's funny right and they're like if i don't do it that way i've tried it several different ways if i don't do it that way it utterly bombs like it yeah. terribly bombs and people don't like like only bookers hate it other people they don't they don't mind it's so weird bookers well, and competitions you sure, sure make your life easier if you have a good open joke or good laugh you know i don't do this on purpose i'm just yeah i just realized that you know i'm not the worst thing i think is to like push for a laugh or expect a big laugh on or, you know i i think it, you have to know how funny what you're saying is potentially. And if you think you're going to get a good laugh on something and you present it like that, and it's just mediocre, then it comes off weird. Right. But if you go up there and they're just kind of easing your way in and, and uh, have that kind of like, I'm not expecting a laugh, but I'm just talking, I'm, I'm establishing my character. Right. Then if you're interesting enough to just get through the bridge, they'll, you know, then they'll come to you. But then I have, I have a big laugh, a couple big laughs that come in the first, couple minutes you know right yeah. just not not right off the bat yeah so I what say is whatever you... funny about the moment or the day or whatever or the room or whatever i feel like you know i just be spontaneous and real in the beginning work my way to the first laugh i like that what is your what is your writing process your joke development process is it do you set aside time every day to write jokes do you you know do it once a week or do you just work it out on stage how what's your process um, I actually, um, all day long, if, you know, or at night, if I'm in bed at night or in the morning, or if I wake up and I think of something, I just, I always, uh, either jot down a note or it's usually a recorder. Right. I'll record my thoughts. And then, um, I try and write every day, but it doesn't work out every day. And then <laughs> you know, four or five days a week. I write, I write the most when I know I have a show coming up that night or I just came back from a show. And so my best writing comes on show days or the day after. Um, and I just, I just sit down uh, a lot of times alone, um, a lot of times with um, another writing partner. I'll, I'll take, meet with other comics. And we'll just say, you know, we block out a couple hours and say, what are you working on? And I'll go through and I'll, look at all my notes and I'll look at what I was working on last. I'll, I'll go through my recorder. I'll play a clip that where I did something new from a recent set. Cause I was auto tape my sets. Right. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I would. That's the one gold, you know, recommendation. If I could only recommend one thing to everybody in comedy is audio tape every single set. Yeah. Listen. You know, you know, if you're doing an hour, you don't have to listen to the hour, but you you listen to the like the, the three parts that you were working on those little three minute sections or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's just basically uh, capturing it when I think of it or when I'm in conversation with somebody else says, I might be on a podcast. And I might, you might ask me a question that I answer in a way that like, wow, I can reuse that. So I'll just, I'll just jot it down. And um, yeah, cause it's never like sitting down and writing and like, okay, let's think of things, you know, <laughs> that's like, trying to come up with a topic for your research paper. It's like, good luck. Yeah. But if you have already a bunch of uh, undeveloped ideas that you've thought of throughout the day, then it helps to just like, you know, expound on those and bounce them off somebody else. I like that. that. That's the thing is I find myself, I'll start to fall asleep a little bit and then I'll be like, oh my gosh. And I have to wake up and like write something down or record something right. on my phone or whatever. And I'm like, man. <laughs> and then the next day I look at it sometimes I'm like, what, what does that even mean? Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's so- get the best and the worst ideas in bed, you know, just like. And then do you, when you put it together to like make a, a special or whatever, like the, the, your dry bar special, when you put that together or something, do you go and try to find a theme? Do you try to stay like within topics or you try to connect topics? Like what's your way of setting up a bigger, longer set like that? Um, it, it kind of grows organically throughout the development of the hour. Okay. Um, you just find that things work, you know, I, you know, there's rules of thumb that some comics swear by and they're actually good rules of thumb, but they don't, they don't always work for all my material. Um, one of uh, one comic told me once, um, I forget who it was, but uh, you know he was a, he was way ahead of me on the curve, well respected headliner, great set. He was always you know work from least intimate to most intimate, oh, and that's like a good you. that's a good way to do it, you know. But it didn't it didn't work for me with that particular set. But I I still kept it and like uh, you know. Um, for me, I've always had a bad memory, so it's kind of it's it's kind of steered me towards a style of writing where I take a couple topics and I just milk them to death, <laughs> so the bit just grows and grows. And I can remember this because it's it's after this and it's after this, and they're all about this. And then, yeah, and then every couple months or so, I'll you know I'll reorganize a bit or I'll I'll take a bit that's already working and it's three minutes long, and I'll. I'll add two minutes and take away another minute and I'll shift some things around in it. And then I'll realize that there's callback potential in another bit. So I have to either set it up earlier or I have to change the order of that bit. And so by the end of the day, it's like a big puzzle um, that I've deconstructed so many times, but hopefully at the end it has, it has kind of a theme. Like the longer I do this, the more I'm able to like, you know, step back, one more step and see the act and make it more thematic. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that. Is there a, and how do you organize? Do you use like a word document? Do you like you like notes or something like, how do you, what, what's your process for that kind of stuff? Or do you handwrite stuff? I actually, hold on. I have it right here. Oh, nice. 
you all are going to learn from the master today. Well, actually, well, this this is actually this is a set list that I, I don't know if you can see that. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I use the Apple pencil, and I have different colors, and um, then I'll do I'll do. These were these are like notes of things that I'm working on. Wow. You hand write all your stuff in there and it's digitally there. Yeah. yeah it's wow. uh, I just started doing this. Uh, Karen Rontowski, I don't know if you know her. She turned me on to the she we were working together and she was working on her iPad and like that looks like what I want to do because I I lose my oh I lost. I lost you there for some reason. Oh, there you are. Okay. okay. So if I type, I lose my flow. Right. Okay. I fast enough. And I'm thinking about words more than if I write for some reason. And I'm think, thinking about words and I lose my, you know, sometimes I even, if I even write, it's, you know, the record is the best because you get it instantly. Because sometimes you, you get flashes of brilliance, but they're fleeting. And then you, then when you remember it, you get the, the almost same thing, which is just funny or, you know, a little more than funny, but it's not brilliant, but like moments, you get moments that are like lightning in a bottle, you know, yeah. and you can lose them so quickly and think that you have the gist of it, but you've lost, you've lost the special part of it. That was like this. So I'm an advocate, at least for myself of um, writing and recording. I'm gonna have to try the writing one. I do record and then I listen to it and then I'll write it all down or I'll or I'll upload it so it gets dictated, then I'll listen to it and right. work on it again. And I keep it all, you know, in, in like a word document and stuff like that. And I do it for and, and I keep everything by year that I wrote it. So I'll have like I think I have stuff going back to like 2015, 2016, something like that, 2014. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I'm a scribbler, so I have notebooks and notebooks, and I could never go back and the things don't so with with the ipad i can now like copy and paste and put things i can cut them down and put them together where they belong and you know um it's still new so it might it's not might end up still being this massive nightmare I can't handle. but so far it's more manageable than paper that's awesome man that's that's so good to know it's so good to know that you you still develop these things it still has to come from you know a, a small idea or a kernel of a of a thoughts or a funny situation, then you have to just expand, you know? You know, your best bits typically, at least for me, come from uh, from editing, just from re constantly rewriting a million different ways, trying five different versions of, of three different versions <laughs> of a joke, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and the only way you really nail it is when you listen to your recorded set and then it comes to you like, oh, why didn't I, why didn't I say it like this? This is what I should have said. Yeah. And your hit rate on on something that you insert into something that you list that you just perform for a crowd is so much higher because you just it just come it becomes clear like where this goes and how the rhythm is going. Whereas if you're writing in a bubble that you haven't presented to anyone, you're very creative, but you're not getting the the beats are like really hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed my first version of anything that I write when I say it out loud the first time feels clunky and, and awkward and not there. The idea is there and there are nuggets, but it's, you're like, people go, Whoa, okay. There's something there, but man, you got to really fix X, Y, and Z. 
you're driving a hoopty right now you're running into everything and yeah. you're driving it's great you're driving you're on the road but you're also hitting a lot of stuff and you're not going to go where you want to go you know so right, right. <laughs> it's one of those things uh what is the single besides recording stuff if you could go back in time and give yourself like the single biggest piece of advice to advance your career to like set yourself up for a better you know comedy career what would that be hmm Oh, wow. I don't, you know, I, if I knew it, I'd probably be further along. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, that's, uh, well, you know, I, I still think my strongest advice I already gave, which is always record your sets right. um, and do a lot of, you know, get stage time. Stage time is the, is the key, constant, constant, constant stage time. Um, always keep keep editing you i'm trying to think of what yeah there's just there's there's not a single thing and you always a lot of things that work for me i don't know if they would work for other people or not to the degree they work you know because everybody's everybody's delivery and their comedy and their process you know if you talk to 10 comics you'll get nine different processes right you know um so yeah but i was you know write a lot edit a lot always record your sets that's awesome well i i really appreciate your time i know that all the listeners are going to appreciate your time i i'm grateful i i i've been like a super fan for a while so i i glad i got the fanboy now a little bit today yeah are you gonna be um are you gonna be out and around uh now that we're back out there i'm at flappers at the end yeah. of next about four weeks from now yeah, I'll probably be I'll probably be out there. I did see that you're going to be in the Flappers in uh, yeah the end of April. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah I'll try. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to try to come out. I know I've been working on stuff. I am working on stuff because uh, I also am, want to go do Dry Bar, and so I have the opportunity. But I'm getting a set built and stuff, and and I want it to be th- thematic. Like I'm doing a whole themed kind of set, and I so. It's hard. It's hard to do because when you when you write things, you write what inspires you, and you don't know how it connects to everything else. I mean, now conversely, there are people like uh, you know Chris Titus, but he's you know he's like a savant almost. I mean, he can he can just write, 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 and have a theme and like flows out as a theme. But very few comics can do that. You know, it's making a theme is a is kind of a higher level. For me, I think is the higher level form of the art. Um, it's it's so. been hard. I've had to like take stuff that I know works. Hard to do that, but yeah, yeah. I've, t- I've taken stuff that I know works and then had to set it aside and go, okay, not for this, not for this. I'm not going to do it for this. I know it works. I've have you know I have a good 20 minutes of great material, but it's like not for this. It doesn't flow the way I want it to. It, it's great for a set. People love it. It works. But it's it's not what I want to put out right now, and I and I know it could use some finesse, but I want to build this theme that I've had all these jokes that I've written never put together, and I'm like building it, and it's beautiful. And yeah, I to be fair, I've been watching you. I have been watching Christopher Titus, and so and yeah. You know what though? You just gave you just um, gave yourself the advice that I you know I I mean I don't watch comics uh years ago i stopped watching comics for inspiration or like to learn what they're doing um just because i didn't want to you know 
I kind of, I've kind of figured out what works for me. I mean, I always, I always, if I see something and it's obvious, like, well, I, that, I, that, I could do some more of that. That would improve my act. But um, early on, though, I studied every comic I could get my hands on just to figure out. And I tried a bunch of different styles out. And I, I tried to see, like, what is it? How are they getting their laughs? You know, um, uh, how are they moving on the stage? How are they... You know, it, just every aspect I could break down of their process that I could see what was in common with the comedians that I liked. And was I doing some form of that? So it was basically teaching yourself through just breaking down. And that that's very helpful. Um, again, very early on, not not so much later on, because you have, once you have your own kind of like style, then you know, you, you don't even look to be that influenced by other people. At least I don't think I, you know, I just, just trying to do what you do best. And if you pick a little nugget up now and then they'll spin you in the right direction, all the better. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly, it's you, Tom Papa and Christopher Titus. Who... Oh, those are, I mean, Tom Papa is so funny. Yeah. I didn't even know him for years. And I mean, I don't know, I don't even know him, know him, but right. I know Chris, but um, but I didn't even know of him. He'd been doing it a long time, and I saw him the first time. I'm like, where'd this guy come from? This guy's <laughs> yeah. And Titus, I've known forever, but yeah, great comics. Well, I'm I'm happy to be in that company. Yeah, totally. And, and Titus is like one of my favorites. From like, man, you I I feel stupid as I listen. I'm like, how how did you do this? You're telling a great story, and it's so funny, and it's so. It, it gets you and like really touches you at the same time while you're laughing. It's yeah. I love yeah. and hate it at the same time. Cause I feel like I said, I feel stupid watching it. Like, how are you doing this? It's just like watching a magic trick that you're trying to figure out over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? Where can they find out more about you and, and where you're going to be at? Uh, they can uh, find me on my website. Um, the The easiest way to get there is just funnydon.com. Okay. Uh, Donfriesen.com will take you to the same place. Perfect. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, got a couple things locally coming up in the next uh, month. Um, I'm at the, uh, when does this air? Is this, uh, this will air at the, at the beginning of April. So it'll be... Uh Ogden, Utah, Wise Guys, April 15th, 16th, uh, Sunnyvale, Rooster Tea Feathers, April 21st through 24th, and then Burbank oh, Flappers. Is, uh, the remodel is stalled, so that, that date is, uh, is no longer valid. At which one? At which one? Jeez. I think I oh. took it off. Oh, it's on your website. Oh, it's still on the website? Yes, sir. I took it down. Uh, it probably won't be till May or June because they're remodeling. In it. Oh, Okay. Well then, flappers, and then I know that you. I know you will also be doing Jr's comedy club in uh, See Me because my my buddy runs that, um, and yeah. that's in April at the beginning of April as well. I'm hoping in May or June to tape my next special, but I don't have details yet. Oh, that would be awesome! Yeah, I would. I you you let me know. I will. I'll be there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a little like weird to be like a fanboy, but I'm, I'm very much so. I was so happy when you came and did the Queen Comedy Hour show at Flappers on Arctic. I was like, I can't believe he said yes. I'm so excited, you know, so. Well, thanks. Thank you so much. Fun with your kids. You. This is the time, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 
We'll put all the links for Don's stuff in the show notes. And again, thank you all for listening. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.